Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Well, good morning, Mr. Jordan. And I noticed you waltzed into the studio there moments ago, which means you're upwardly mobile and over that toe injury that you oh, picked yes. up in Qatar. Absolutely, yes. I was going to go back in and unleash the power in the boxing gym yesterday evening, but I decided not to. And I sashayed out with my paddle tennis bat, realising I wasn't in Doha and it was freezing cold outside. So I went back inside and attended to my two-year-old. You indulging Who's in not a, thrilled to see me, by the way. Are you in a bit of a kind of emotional slump since I am since we came by. I'm I'm pining for 27 degree weather. Um, no, I'm okay actually. Um, yeah. I had a great time in Qatar. Yeah, and all good things come to an end. It is strange to come back actually when England are still in the tournament, but that's a different discussion. Um, but notwithstanding it, I had two weeks that I enjoyed, and we got to see and meet a lot of people, and hopefully people enjoyed the content that you went and got from so many people that we bumped into. Mm. But we're back here, and I we like are. being in England, so I'm happy. Well, Brazil hammered but South Korea. High, um, maybe that was was expected by many with Neymar coming back. Yeah, they sent out a message in the process. Um, well, yes and no, but I mean, not to want to use. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, they, they tried to go toe for toe with Brazil, and that's commendable in one respect. Yes. But they opened the door for, for for significantly technically better players. Yeah, and you could say it's bravery, or you could say it's foolhardy. But they they opened the door and they defended in such a way that Brazil ripped them to pieces. Now you can say that sends out a marker, or you can suggest that other teams would be a bit more canny about the way that they don't allow Brazil to have as much time and space on the ball. So yes, it, on paper. And 4 0 up at half time and waltzing and dancing and God knows whatever else they were doing. No, I loved that though. Well, I loved yeah, that. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, they blew them away in the first half, Simon. They, they did, but they, but they were complicit in being blown away. They, you know, they were the architects of their own downfall. Right. They allowed Brazil to, they went toe to toe with Brazil, tried to match them up in a certain way, and also yeah. left themselves wide open at the back on number of occasions. 4v4, 3v3, regular occasions. Yeah. And so Brazil do what they do in this instance with attacking players like Vinicius Juniors and Neymar and Richarlison. Mm. They're all on form against a, 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 against a side that, to my mind, was slightly naive. Well, I mean, Brazil, as always with Brazil, emotions are high, especially with uh, Pele yeah. uh, being quite unwell at this time. Yeah. 
and the Brazilian players and the Brazilian fans wanted to send out a message which they did uh, mm-hmm. before the game and after the game what is up with these stony-faced pundits out there, though. Brazil go into samba mood every time they score a goal. They even get involved with the manager who did a little jig in the sidelines as well. We're at a World Cup. Brazil are there. We saw the numbers of Brazilian fans who are there as well. And the Brazilian players love to have a samba dance when they score a goal. And yet the likes of Roy Keane and ITV are just not having that. I've never seen so much dance. It's like watching Strictly. <laughs> I just can't believe what I'm watching. I really can't. Brazil, fantastic. So Korea, my goodness, I'm, I can't believe what I'm watching. I think that's really disrespecting the opposition. What, because it's 4-0? Because they're doing it's it every four, time? It's 4 and they're doing it every time. I don't mind the first kind of jig, whatever they're doing. It's the one after that. And then the manager getting involved with it. That was Roy Keane on ITV. What's yeah. up with what's up with dancing and celebrating a goal like that? Well, I th- Especially I, when you're Brazilian. Well, I suspect Roy... Uh, has a certain role to play and plays that role in the media in terms of his outlook and attitude. Graham had a similar attitude, Graham Sunes. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, I think his observations were someone's going to get cleaned out in a minute if they carry on with all this nonsense. Oh, that's right. He says it's only a matter of time before someone goes right through yeah, one of these and, Brazilians. And, and, and that's probably true. If we were in a game actually now with football, which was a contact sport anymore, that probably would be true. I'm, I'm half in their camp and half in another camp. You know, I'm half in the camp of, oh, all right. How can you possibly be in their camp? Because I'm not much of a lover of these ridiculous goal celebrations anyway, most of the time. I think they're over-pronounced and over-exaggerated. And I'm certainly not interested in Brazil samba dancing. I'm not certainly not interested in Brazil, you know, dancing their way to a World Cup final. I'm not a great lover of Brazilian football. I admire it, but I don't sit there with this... What? No, I'm, I don't sit there with... I mean, the, the best time I saw Brazil when they got spanked 7-1 by the Germans. That's when I'd like to see them do You've samba dancing. You've got to be kidding no, with No, I'm me. being honest. You asked me a question. I'm, you know, I'm not in 1970s, their... Jairzinho fan, and Pelé fan, running fan, riot. Fantastic, and that's great. And as I said to you, I'm an admirer and appreciator of the great talents that the Brazilians have. And, of course, and you can one go, of those is of, samba of dancing. Of course you can go to... Well, I, I don't go to a football match to watch bleeding samba dancing. Is it if not I, part of it? If I want to go to samba dancing, I'll oh go see a samba dancing God, competition. I can't believe that. No, no. Colour, energy. No, no. I, listen, fantastic. what they're about. Fantastic. Feel good factor. So I'm in the middle of it. Happy about the way they celebrate. No, I just got to I cut that out. I don't care that I'm not much. Not too happy. I don't. No, not too happy. No, I'm going, not going down the route that you're going. I don't care too much about it either way. But I'm not in the business of celebrating their celebrations. So if, if they want to do that, that's fine. I'm not overly offended about it. We are in a society where everyone seems to be offended on behalf of other people, and Roy Keane being offended on behalf of the players um, in that game is. His, his his gift. Graham talking about what he would have done. He'd go right through but, one of the Brazilians. You know, Graham would clean out would clean out someone from the Samaritans if they gave him the wrong look. Anyway, <laughs> so so with that in mind, it's not much of a reference, right? But the point is, is that was there an element of disrespect? Did they take it a little bit too far? Was that their intention? Did Nonsense. They care, should they care about the opposition? Should no the opposi- disrespect intended. Well, the manager said that well, afterwards. Well, it's what Brazilians what, do. What they say and what they do could when be two Pele, different things. When they won the World Cup in 1917, they beat Italy four one, and and Pele's held shoulder high and he's yep. got a sombrero on his head I don't like the way that's, uh, that, no. that fella's celebrating take that sombrero but off your head but they've won a game Honest they've won a game at God. the early stage I, I hope this is what I hope for I hope everyone reaps oh, here it comes no, but I hope they reap I hope you what? reap what you sow yes, all that samba dance uh, is going to come back no, to haunt you when, if they get knocked out in this tournament and they don't win it 
then I hope they get, get precisely what they deserve. If they're over-celebrating for winning games against lesser opposition and taking the mickey a little bit by getting to four goals and still doing their ridiculous celebrations... It's not then ridiculous. That's, that's fine. All oh, Brazil is dancing at that moment. Well, fantastic. But the you, fans lit but you're, up you're, that you're, place last week. We've just come back from it. They were I, wonderful. I don't think they lit up the place at all. I think every, well, you didn't every, go and see them. Every, that's, every, that's, every, that's, every culture. That. Every culture. You'd only no, watch England. No, that's true, because there was an alternative. Going to watch games with you or picking my toes. So I decided to pick my toes rather well, than go watch games you, with you. you. Know, probably I a good got time doing that. Well, I did. But my point is, is that what you're doing is you're at it. You're basically saying that everyone should appreciate I'm not what the Brazilians do. I'm in the camp. What, I'm saying, what I am saying is, don't frown and give it... Tut, 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 no. Tut. Yeah, but I didn't do honestly. that. But I didn't do that. What I didn't do was I didn't do what Roy Kane did. And I didn't do what you did. I couldn't care less if they do the dance of the seven veils. You see, it's taking I'm, the Mickey. I, I think it is a little bit, but I'm also not that bothered about it. I'm not offended about it. I don't care whether they do it or not. Let's put it I don't, I don't go to watch a football match to watch Brazilian footballers dance. It's I go to watch a football match to watch players score great goals and the game to be. Well, see uh, both and be entertained well, at I the same time. To, I'm, not entertained, I'm not entertained by it's a really dancing. It's English thing, that. Not having that. No, sorry. I, well, you can't be a Scottish thing because you never go to World Cup tournaments there to celebrate you anything, go. do you? Got in there with that one. Sooner says it's only a matter of time before someone goes right through one of these Brazilians. What, in mid samba? There it is, like. Do, do you remember when the, the Brazilian Careca used to play for, for Napoli and Maradona would score a screamer set up by Careca and Careca would dance at the side? It's entertainment. Roy that, Keane's not and, having it. And Sunis is like, and go right through one of them Brazilians. I, I think the point I said to you at the top of this conversation, Roy Keane, is, Roy Keane is, performing a, is performing a certain function, which is to be a pantomime villain at times. Graham has his views that, you know, as I said to you, that certain people should behave in a certain way. I look at it and say, I don't care, but I'm not offended about it, but I do think it's a little bit over the top. But that's fine if they want to do it, and I hope they go to win a World Cup and they dance their way to it. And if they don't, I hope we get to all point of them and laugh. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Back here, England players have been advised by the Football Association to review their security measures, we're being told, after a burglary at the home of Raheem Sterling. Sterling, as we know, in a much publicised fashion, left England's World Cup camp over the weekend, returned to the UK to be with his family after a break-in at his property. Uh, Surrey police, we understand, are investigating the details of it. And then on, on Sky Sports, Gary Neville says, what it tells us, Simon is that there are still bad things happening in the world. Yeah, yeah, we'd agree with that. And we should reflect upon that. But also the way football, uh, the Gareth, the England team, the English media deal with these things now. A lot more respect, a lot more respectfully, says Gary Neville, with compassion and empathy, putting football aside and putting people first. He says that wouldn't have always happened 20 years ago. There would probably have been a more different reaction from all sides. The player maybe would have felt that he couldn't go home. He couldn't feel comfortable to have that discussion. Do you think that, Simon? That two decades ago, someone like Raheem Sterling, had he been in the England squad, has his house been burgled back home, <clears throat> wouldn't have been able to approach the England hierarchy and say, I need to go home? Well, Gary can speak to that because he'd have been in the dressing room 20 years ago. And obviously Gary being on the front foot recently about what he didn't do 20 years ago when Ashley Cole was being racially abused and how guilty he felt at the time. He can equate to things 20 years ago, can't he? He regularly does it. I'm not sure that's right. I'm not sure that 20 years ago, if someone's family, as we were told, had been terrorised and traumatised by armed robbers, that any England manager would be sitting saying to their player that you can't go home and deal with your family. I, I'm not sure that's right. Uh, uh, Gary has a tendency to want to be everything to everyone. 
and this is an example of, of what, whatever point he's making, I don't think is particularly well seated. Well, he seems to think the media nowadays would be more empathetic to well, the plight of the player. Well, if we can give us an example... Why wouldn't that well, happen 20 give, years ago? If we can give us an example of something similar happening in 2002 and an England manager or a football manager not taking a particularly empathetic attitude or a British press taking an empathetic attitude, what what you're building up is an underlying... I think the underlying narrative here is that, that footballers now appreciated more, valued more. Gareth Southgate has created a culture where the players respect playing for their country and their relationship with the media is much better. That's what he might be referring to. He might be saying, as a result of this successful cultural shift between players and the media and the England setup and the media, that the media are subsequently more empathetic. I don't know. I don't know anybody that would be as mean-spirited to suggest <laughs> with the initial reports 20 years ago or 30 years ago, the initial reports coming out which seem to be differing, well, frankly. It, it seems to um, suggest the manager and the staff might have been more... 20 years ago, they might have been more, well, what can you do there? We'll, well look after your family. Stay here because we've got a game to win. And he says the English media would probably have treated it differently as well. Would they? Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the England manager in 2002 was what? Sven Goran Eriksson. He was quite free with his life, wasn't he? So I imagine he'd be quite free of other people's um, and quite supportive of these sort of things. Look, I, I think it's an observation based upon someone's positioning in the media and wanting to make sure that people see things through a certain set of eyes, that players are valued commodities now. They weren't once before. The society societal relationship with footballers is a good one and the media's attitude towards it is a good one. I, I don't concur with the view, not just because if Gary Neville says black, I say white, not because of that view, but because I don't think there is any great steeping in fact here. I don't think the media would have gone, I tell you what, this guy that's had his house burgled with his young kids in it by armed robbers, he should be back in, in Qatar doing his job. I don't know which journalist he would, would have written that or which journalist would have been applauded for writing it. I don't think anyone... People might think it. We've got a game to win here. We've no. got a game to win. Now we move on to the situation and obviously the situation with Raheem Sterling is disturbing but I'm, 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 I'm a little confused as to the information that's coming out here because we've got Surrey police making announcements saying there was no... Um, armed robbery, there was no threat of violence, there was no family in attendance, there was a burglary and I've been burgled and it's it's infuriating, it's slightly intimidating because someone's been in your house and it's slightly insulting more than slightly insulting because you think how dare you but I'm I'm a little confused as to the extent of what it is because a player's flown black, back, which he should do. I'm, yeah. I'm understanding that necessarily he's not in communication with Gareth Southgate and Gareth Southgate yesterday was saying, I don't know what's happening, which I find a little bit perplexing. And I think with the situation now, and this might not feel particularly empathetic, if this is a situation that's now under control, the family haven't been put in any jeopardy, there isn't any particular trauma, I'm kind of going to go against the argument that Gary's saying is that perhaps Raheem should be going back, back on out. a plane to Qatar to play for his country. Now, maybe that will fall on, on on infertile ground and people might think I'm being a little bit of the of the example that Gary's being, should, being should given. Should that decision not be Raheem's? Yeah, I should. Yeah, of course it's. I don't think he should be dictated to. I'm not suggesting he should be dictated to. I'm suggesting that he should now think, well, my family's secure. Was there any jeopardy? This is what I would do. Yeah. And then maybe because I'm an older man and I've had situations like this in my life, I would be saying, okay, I want to get back. I want to find out what the landscape is. Are my kids fine? Is everything right? I want to see it for myself. Right, what's happening here? Okay, someone broke into my house. They've nicked some possessions. There's 300 grand worth of my valuables that have gone. Um, but now what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure security's locked in place. My family are comfortable. I'd ask my family, do you want me to stay? Do you need me to stay? If my family said, no, I'll get back on a plane and go back and play in the World Cup. 
That's what I would do. End of. End of discussion. Yeah. Just now, that's right or wrong. And it doesn't mean I'm an, I'm empathetic. Un, un, I am unempathetic towards the situation. It doesn't mean that the media have moved the dial. It doesn't mean anything of the above. And I don't quite understand what there is behind Gary's analysis. It might well be that Gary can then turn around and say, well, 20 years ago, we had an example. In the same way that he talked about the nature of the situation with Ashley Cole uh, and saying, I wish 20 years earlier... I'd done something in the dressing room, but I didn't. Mm. So Gary seems to have an awful amount of knowledge in okay. hindsight. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, we brought you the news first and fast. It was that Eddie Jones had gone and now it's been confirmed. Eddie Jones sacked as England rugby head coach. Uh, it would appear the axe has fallen. Former uh, England international Lewis Moody joins us live in the show. Lewis, always good to speak to you, my friend. Uh, what's your reaction to this news? Morning, Jim. Um, well, it's it's not an enormous surprise. I think the speculation's been around for a while. I, I would say it is, you know, it is a shame because Eddie came in, uh, you know, what six years ago now, and and with real gusto and made some brilliant changes, and you know, ultimately went on and won a Grand Slam, got to a World Cup final. But you know, I think his his positions just become untenable when you have the. The series of, of poor performances that um, that we have had in those in those England shirts. It's not from any lack of effort, I don't think, from him. He's clearly passionate. The players are, are giving it their all, but there there is a disconnect now. And uh, you know, I think you know, I think it's one hundred percent the right decision. Had you been hearing that things were simmering behind the scenes? I mean, when I look at the Times this morning, and I'll quote from it, Lewis, the levels of frustration and dissatisfaction around Jones's England camp are so extreme that coaches, medics and analysts have left at an unprecedented rate since Jones took over seven years ago. Were you aware of that, that there's been this mass exodus? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's clear for... The, the turnover of his of his staff, you know, the backroom physio, you just mentioned it there, you know, coaching personnel has been enormous. Um, and, you know, as an intelligent coach and a brilliant coach that Eddie is, who's done wonderful things, um, there's clearly something going on that is creating an environment where the people that he wants and gets in the role don't want to stay. Um, so, you know, he's almost ended up in a position where he's he's employing people that, they're the only people he can get. So you wouldn't look at that back room. Uh, well, you wouldn't, certainly there's people in there, you wouldn't say that is now the world-class coaching and everything set up that, that England need. And I think, you know, that's clearly of, of his own making, it would, uh, it would appear. When Eddie was brought in, as you say, on a, on, a, on, a, on a spirit of gusto and feeling that there was an opportunity with a great coach to move us forward, to go on and compete in World Cup finals, which he did... Are we back to square one now? Uh, are we in a better condition? I know we've lost games recently, but overall, the overall position of English rugby, is it in a similar position it was in 2016, better or worse? Um, well, I think if you look at the Premiership, certainly in my opinion, watching the Premiership, it is a vastly improved um, product over over the last five, ten years. You know, it's, it's wonderful to watch the, the intensity, the collisions, the number of tries scored and the talent that comes through. So in my opinion, there's no lack of English talent uh, around we just you know the RFU need to find the right person and people are now going to galvanize that talent as Eddie was able to do in those first years and you know has now you know lost the changing room and and, and the confidence so they need to bring someone in who's going to galvanize that confidence again and get the best out of the players and maybe you know a team that's probably been built around Owen Farrell um, you know maybe the changing of the guard there as well and that we will see something maybe built around the likes of Marcus Smith, Jack Van Portfleet, you know, 
Don Brandt and and some of those really mercurial, exciting new young talents. Um, not to say that Owen Farrell, of course, isn't a brilliant player, but I wonder whether we'll see with a new coach. Um, a slight changing of the yeah, guard now. Understood. So, Lewis, it's understood former England international Steve Barthwick comes in. Do you give that the thumbs up? Well, do you know what? That is that is a fascinating and an interesting uh, appointment. I think Steve's been... Well, first of all, he was, a, he was the captain of England. He is a meticulous preparer. Um, he's done wonderful things at my old club, Leicester Tigers, um, last season, you know, and and this season has been maybe uh, slightly more problematic for him in terms of the results that he would have liked. Um, I think he'll probably be very similar to Eddie in his approach, but I imagine he will have learnt some really um, strong lessons from from how Eddie's gone about things and, and what we've spoken about in terms of the churn of coaches. And he's got to get the people around him, as he did and as he has at Leicester with the likes of Kevin Sinfield. You know, brilliant appointments that cover the areas of expertise and and management that, maybe he won't have that skill set so i'm really i'm excited for steve because having operated under him as a as a as a player and seen him as a captain you yeah. know he's going to leave no no stone unturned fair to enough. try and get england back in that position fair enough what about the group going into the world cup year then uh, lewis do you think this this galvanizes them are they a tighter unit off the back of jones departing well time will tell mate. time will tell i played in two world cup finals and and one, we lost our coach six months before uh, departing for it. And we were awful, quite frankly, in that <laughs> tournament. Um, but it had a galvanizing effect in the fact that the players and the coaches rallied together to go, look, we, you know, we're, we're underperforming. We realize that. How can we get the best out of ourselves in a short space of time? And I hope, you know, someone like Steve Borthwick, there's an incredibly intelligent um, coach who's a, you know, who is a, is a hard taskmaster uh, as well will come in and, you know, hopefully be open-minded to, to what he needs to achieve. But um, if it is Steve, then, you know, you certainly wish him all the best because he's done wonderful things at Leicester and hopefully he can continue that with England. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
what is happening from this point onwards behind the scenes at Birmingham City. Birmingham City, of course, proud club in action on Friday night in the Championship, trying to drive themselves up that table. They're up against Reading on Friday night as domestic football returns, um, even though the World Cup is still ongoing. But the question remains, Simon, is Birmingham City fast becoming the untakeoverable club? Because uh, wealthy businessmen Paul Richardson and Maxi Lopez have now, we understand, ended their attempted takeover of Birmingham City. The pair had been in talks to buy the Blues from current owners Birmingham Sports Holdings, but have now brought an end to their attempted purchase of the club. Why did they? Paul Richardson joins us live. Paul, good morning. Thanks for taking time out. I know you're going from one meeting to the next. So why have you pulled out, Paul? Uh, well, Jim, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, not in some good circumstances, but um, yeah, we've been there around four months or so now, maybe a bit longer, closer to six months in talks. And obviously, when we signed off in July, well, we obviously that's our time to do our DD. Uh, we've done the DD and obviously ended up in the 30th of November, where our time was running out, and we wanted to extend the deal, and so did uh, the owners. But we couldn't come to an agreement after we'd wanted to sort of, I wouldn't say renegotiate, but adjust some of the, the deal. So, so what was the stumbling block specifically, Paul? I can't, I can't really say specifically, um, but there was just several stumbling blocks um, around various sort of things. Are you oh. going to go back in, Paul? Um, we, you know, we'd welcome the idea. We, you know, we put a reasonable deal, we thought, to adjust it because obviously, you know, as Simon would know, when you start off a deal and you end up with DD that you find out, um, it's very difficult then to move on uh, without adjustments. But, you know, there's just no compromise. Do you get the impression, Paul, that you're the only game in town? Um, I think so. I don't think there's anyone else mad enough. Simon, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, fair play if there is. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think we've gone further than anyone else. You know, as someone said, you've crowbarred the door open. Um, you know, and the, the deal was on the table. It was there to be done. And, you know, we haven't tried to adjust the current deal. It would be only if it was subject to certain things happening. You know, so, the, you know, the, the deal that was on the table was, was still there. It was if certain things happened that we wanted comfort. When you, when you walked into this deal, Paul, did you walk into it on the back of an agreement in principle that are done by others and then you stepped into their shoes? And by that I mean Bassini and the negotiations that he did previously that he then moved, was then moved aside or seemingly had no substance, well, not seemingly, factually. Did you pick up the essence of that particular deal? We did, to be fair. Um, it wouldn't have been the deal I would have walked into ideally myself, um, being a businessman. But, you know, we were given no choice. If you want it, yep. this is what it is. And that's what we walked into. And and we spoke previously about you putting money into the football club and the ridiculous notion that you weren't able to do so. And we discussed that and kicked that around. And I was in your camp that you are the football club within within reason can borrow money or have money invested in it from whoever, whomsoever it chooses. What's happened to that? Because that lent me to the conclusion that you must be comfortable in order for you to put yourself in a slightly invidious position of investing money into something that you don't currently own what's happened to that dynamic in terms of you have put money in there so i believe where are you with that yeah, i mean that, that that was no secret you know um a very unusual deal but yeah no secret 
and that you know, there's mechanisms for us to to get that back and uh, you know we'll just move forward on that one um but yeah you know we didn't do it haphazardly you know uh, there's mechanisms so uh, there's some recourse to that money but we're going to push you a little bit paul because you, you kind of can't come on and not say too much about the, the the material changes having bought a football club what i walked into when i did my due diligence which was less than four months because i had a certain amount of time and i took a view and some of those views came back and bit me on my not so clever backside and i had to accept <laughs> that as a result of my own decisions there must be a material change. There has to be a fork in the road. Just just give us an essence of what that fork in the road looks like because if it's going to be a problem for you, then I would suspect it's going to be a problem for anybody else wanting to buy this football club from what seems to be a very strange ownership model. Just give us a flavour so that people can understand, otherwise it becomes a little bit of a fruitless conversation between us in terms of understanding why you've walked away from something that you've invested four months of your time in. Well, I think one of the, one of the, the biggest issues, obviously, with us, uh, which was something we didn't really know about, was the investigation into the current owners, um, and that is still ongoing. So that was always been something that was uh, a bit of an issue for us because, you know, it, it, the outcome of that is unknown at this point in time. Um, so that that was one of the things that uh, we discussed and we've been discussing over the last few months. Consequences of sporting any potential sporting sanctions part of your thinking well yeah i mean you don't know what the answer is do you because obviously it's in the hands of the efl and you know there are a, a number of answers to that and um you know we don't know that and no one does at this point thanks for listening to outspoken don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll be back same time tomorrow the world's most dangerous download outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.